Hello and welcome to the Gimme More Gingy podcast. I'm your host, Gingy, and I've always lived my life outside of the social norms. With that being said, here I will share unmasked stories of my own as we explore ideas surrounding wellness, personal development, spirituality, sexuality, and so much more. All aimed at the objective in helping you align and honor your authentic self to explore different viewpoints and most importantly, to continue growing together. Are we live? Yes, we are live. Hello, hello. It is your girl, Gingy, and welcome back to another episode of Gimme More Gingy. I am so excited because today I am joined by the Miss Beautiful Renelle. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. We've been talking about this for a while, yeah. but to just get things kicked off, tell me a little bit about yourself. If you were to get into an Uber... What would you tell them if they asked, what do you do? That is a good question, actually. <laughs> I feel like I do a lot of different things, but um, I started off as a dancer and then I kind of moved into photography and then event planning, content creating, podcasting. She does I, it all, people. I, yeah, I kind of do. I don't know. I kind of do a little bit of everything. Hey, that's good, though. You are you know, have a little jack of all trades. Yeah, kind of. I won't say I'm the greatest. At all. <laughs> but you know but, a lot of information about things. So let's yeah. just start from the beginning. So dancing. Tell me about that. What type of dancing did you do? So when I was did... like, a, believe it or not, hardcore ballerina. Like that was my everything. That was my life. I went to school. I came home and right after school went right to dance and then I was there till probably like nine o'clock at night and I would just that was I loved it like I didn't want to be anywhere but the studio like that was it oh my for me. Goodness. So you were like the and you're from New York so mm-hmm. what is that school called like Juilliard? Juilliard yeah. Did you go there possibly? So I got hurt my junior year popped my hip out of socket and then nothing ever like was the same kind of after that and um yeah I didn't I didn't get in there because of that reason like I just couldn't is that is that like the end-all be-all school when it comes to being a that's like they accept 12 girls and 12 boys a year that's it because they basically like break you, rebuild you, and make you ready for, like, an actual, like, prima ballerina position. Was that always, like, your dream to do so? hmm Damn. So you yeah. hurt your hip, and then did your dreams just come crumbling down? Uh, in a way, a little bit, but I also started to find a love for other forms of dance more so than I did before because, like, hip-hop, for example. That's when I started to kind of really get into hip-hop, and then that kind of became, like, ooh, I like this style I liked like um salsa dancing as well like being a little bit more like oh you can be sexual when you dance like oh this is fun so because I heard that being a ballerina they're doing ballet it's very tight it's very stiff Mm -hmm. it's very you have to be it's really hard on your body just like the bars alone like we would do hour and a half bars where like for a set of let's say four sets of eight, you'd be doing a plie where you're basically in a slow squat, just holding it. 
doing port bras like shaking and like you're not allowed to move if you move we start over like it's very strict it's oh very goodness. hard on your body yeah i feel like that probably taught you so much when it comes to discipline mm-hmm. and like it's followed through in your later years yes for sure because also i was i didn't know this at the time but i have adhd so welcome to the club baby yeah <laughs> So having like something to like really focus on, like I just wanted to be so good. I wanted to be the best in my class. I wanted to be like the best I could be. So mm-hmm. I would really like the discipline. Yeah. And the discipline really did in a way like help me. And also just like having a thick skin because you're basically being critiqued constantly. Ooh, I didn't like, even think about that aspect actually. Yeah. Like in the weirdest ways. Like I always had a big butt. Like I just naturally had a butt right. and they'd be like suck your butt in like your butt's too big oh shit so i'd have to like oh because you do have such have to have such a certain your figure. body is supposed to be like a straight line so if you're like and it's out they're like no you gotta tuck that in so like oh wow you'd have to like adjust your body to fit like their mold so it is very very hard on your body damn so at such a young age you're being highly critiqued about what you Mm -hmm. look like did that play a part in you growing up and being very self-conscious actually no oh wow okay that's awesome i feel like i don't know i guess i never even thought about that actually but no i really didn't like i always was very secure in like my body and i knew i was i knew it would be work because they do kind of promote that when they do like the orientations for the schools. Like they'll basically say like your work day starts at like 6 a.m. where you're going to go to stretching classes and strengthening classes. And then you have rehearsal and then you have an hour bar and then you have a lunch and then you go back to rehearsal. Then you have show rehearsal. Like it's constant, like almost like a 12, 10 to 12 hour day of just like being physical. Damn, you're so young too back Mm -hmm. then. So then like, I don't know, you just kind of get sucked into that, like, whole, I don't have time to eat, so I have to be a certain way. But I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was, like, a skinny kid, but I was, like, a very, like, just petite, more fit kid because of probably dance. But I was super active. So I was never, like, I never, I don't know, I I also had a really good mom who was very, like, supportive, and, like, I knew she was always telling me the truth, and oh, I knew that's she so had... awesome. Yeah, and she, I knew she had my best interest at heart, so, like, for example, I moved here. I was working in a show, and the lady came in, the owner came in, and did, like, a run-through of everybody. I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I had my period, and I was, like, bloated. And she came in, and she was, like you're fat <laughs> shut the fuck up you need to lose weight you need to lose like mm, i remember she went like this mm, like three four five pounds and i'll be back next week and i'm gonna see if you like i'm gonna weigh you and see and i remember <gasps> being like oh my god i can't believe she said that to me and i was in good shape like i had a six pack almost so i was like wait a minute what and I remember just being like, I'm not even going to stress about it. I'm not even, like, going to give it another thought. Like, I'll be fine. And then I saw her, like, maybe four or five days later. And she was like, thank you so much for doing that. You look great, by the way. And I was like, I didn't do anything. I ate cookies last night. Like, fuck you. Ew. So, yeah. But that's just what they would do is, like, basically promote you to be tiny because 
Would they critique you just like that lady did here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're, in a sense, used to it and you knew kind yeah, of... Yeah, but I think I think the, the mentality that I just had was like, I want to be my best, so this is what I have to do. So I wouldn't like ever take it as like personally. I would just take it as like, okay, this is what I got to do to be the best. Like mm. I got to... Whatever. That makes sense because you always ask when we do gigs and stuff, which we'll get into, you're very much like, is everything going okay? Like, can you give me critiques? I'm totally okay with critiques. Just let me know yeah. so I can fix it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good quality to have, though, because a lot of people take things so personally. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you're wanting to better yourself and someone's giving you actually, you know, constructive criticism. Yeah. Because you can tell the difference. Absolutely. You can feel when somebody is coming at you or they're projecting or they're coming at you with just like a negative vibe of like almost jealousy type thing mm-hmm. where they're doing it like you shouldn't really do that because that takes it away from me or right. like I feel like whatever. But yeah, I think I knew that my teachers weren't doing it to like pick on me. They were doing it to like make me better. Right. No, that's awesome. Um, okay, so you, being a ballerina, just didn't work out in your cards. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a godsend. I feel sense. like it was, in, so, in a sense, yeah. So you say you came out here. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you get, went from New York to Vegas. New York is very expensive. That is true. And competitive, and it's just like a smaller world, so to speak. Okay. So I came out here on vacation when I was like 20, with one of my best friends, and I had no idea what Vegas was. I legit thought it was just, like, gambling and, like, bright lights. I don't (laughs) even know what I thought it was, honestly. But I came out here, and I was like, oh, they have shows. They have, you know, dancer opportunities. Mm. And then I looked up the cost of living, and it was so drastically different than New York. Like, in New York, for a studio apartment with a roomie, it was $1,800 a month. Out here was... $800 for a three-bedroom house with a pool and a hot tub and a nice – it was a a nice house. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just so drastically different that I was like, okay, I could could do that. Like, why not try out there? Mm -hmm. And it just brought me out here. And then I did get to, like, live my dream in a way because I danced for – artists I did backup dancing I've worked at probably every single nightclub in Vegas Mm -hmm. um and yeah I got to literally live a pretty comfortable life dancing and so what happened because I know you're not dancing as much yes so obviously it is a lot on your body and they usually say like a dancer's lifespan if you don't get hurt and everything is like 10-15 years so once yeah once I started to hit around that mark it was just a lot on my body and like I said it was really good money but I was working a lot like I was go-going four nights a week I had rehearsals at least two or three times a week um if you were in a show more than that and then if you're doing all of those at the same time it's more so you're like kind of working around it Mm -hmm. but it just became a lot, and then I met somebody, and I moved away for two years and traveled, which is a whole nother story, <laughs> and then I ended up coming back here. When I came back, it was that weird plate, almost like a limbo of just being like, do I go back into that? Mm. And, like, do I want to jump back into that and just be, like, physically, like, exhausted all the time, or mm-hmm. do I want to, like, try something different? And then... 
it was probably a good couple years before I was like, I know I need to be creative and like that is gonna fulfill me. That's when I feel myself. And I can still have dance as like more of a hobby. Mm. And then I pursued photography, content creating, and which led me into because I was so detail oriented and so like OCD about everything being a certain way and like sets that kind of led me into like event planning and uh, decorating because mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I totally feel you on that. For a long time, I wanted to be an event planner, but it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. People don't like I it, it's very fulfilling in the sense of once you've done everything and then you actually see the people enjoy the actual event. It's such a it's a feeling that I don't know how to describe, but I yeah. know that you're familiar with it. But everything leading up to it, it's such a high stress job. Yeah. I mean, you've seen me I've seen you, yes. <laughs> absolutely. We're just like nothing's going right or like you have to I guess the best way to describe it is you're a duck and like maybe underwater like the current's going crazy and you gotta like pedal faster (laughs) but you still have to be like chill up here just like everything's good (laughs) but really it's not and sometimes I can ride it and be like good and but I because I want it to be so perfect that's where I like get the crazy and then my ADHD kicks in and I'm I totally feel you that. Dunzo. I totally feel that. Well, one of the ways we met was through atmosphere modeling. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to dive into that. And the reason why is because, one, a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. Two, people that do know about it but aren't super familiar have a very interesting view. I've heard very interesting There's a lot of misconceptions for sure. Right. So first start off, how did you find out about atmosphere modeling? Because I do feel like it's kind of... Not necessarily hush hush, but it is something that isn't glamorized or something yeah. that's very out there of join atmosphere modeling agencies. Yeah. Um, I honestly I didn't know about it while living here for a while because it was obviously going on. I just didn't know about it. But um I was doing photography. And I had started, like, my own photography business, but I wasn't, like, consistent enough to be, like, living off of it. Mm-hmm. So I was cocktailing. And one of my friends was like, you should start modeling with us. Like, we basically get paid to go to the clubs and, like, drink and party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, we make, like, 50 bucks an hour. Like, last night I made 400 bucks for going to Omnia. And mm-hmm. I was like, What? So she was like, yeah, here's, like, some of the agencies that I'm with. So that's, like, how I got into it. And then, obviously, like, it's a really easy way to make friends. Yeah. So then, like, you meet one girl who's like, oh, my God, you should work for this agency. So I wasn't doing, like, a ton of it because I was working other jobs. And at that time, I was working during the day at the pool cocktailing. I was working on the weekends at Excess at night. And on my only day off, which was a Wednesday, I was volunteering at a children's hospital. So because I was trying to like start my business and you know, like equipment is expensive. So that made me have to like grind harder to like pay for expenses. So a quick, easy Friday night to just go and make 400 bucks for just looking cute and hanging out. I was like, sure. Sign Sign me up. (laughs) But... It's definitely not as glamorous as that all the time. Right. I think it's definitely, 
it's great for when you're in your younger ages. Yeah, for sure. Like your early 20s. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew about it when I was oh, yeah. that young. I could I, make a killing. Right, right. <laughs> now I'm like, no. Every time I get a gig that's 11 till 3 a.m., like, oh my not God. for me. <laughs> if it's past like 1 a.m., I'm like, oh. Same. Same. And I also, so... Uh, for those of you guys who don't really know, basically there will be gigs that come up like a few days before, weeks before, but then there's gigs that come up that night mm-hmm. and it's like eight o'clock at night and it'll be like 11 o'clock, like to 3 p or 3 a.m. And you have to get ready. Okay. My thing be is, there by my, 11. my thing is for the people that do those gigs, do they just stay ready? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I could, it would never be, I'm no. bumming out 24 seven in my house. I told you, I said it on my podcast. I have three looks, homeless person, <laughs> yes. workout girl, yes. and a hooker. Because, that is true. Very true. Know, but I, there's no way. And if I'm already in bed mode, like skincare's on. Yep. There is no getting out. Mm-mm. I'm not going to redo putting these products yeah. away. <laughs> I'm going to redo this whole thing and do makeup right. for an hour right. or so. Like, uh, no, thank you. But yeah, I, it's a lot. Okay. So how would you describe someone that has no idea what is atmosphere modeling? Oh, that is a really good question. But I guess we are paid to create an atmosphere okay. slash an experience whether it's at a club and the club is paying us to be there and promote, because that's a lot of it. Is like posting, we love those ones. <laughs> posting, actually, those ones are the ones that I do enjoy. Yeah, because when they're for the clients, I have a really bad um, poker face. So to like sit there and be like, oh, you're married and have kids and you're hitting on me. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm no, I'm I'm not single. I have a boyfriend I'm in love with and like play that whole fake game is right. so exhausting I for know. me. Absolutely. But yeah, it can range from nightclubs, conventions, um, bartending gigs, cocktail, what else? They they have like poker nights, some poker night. nights. I've never done a poker game. I haven't either. I don't but know shit about gambling. I don't or- either. And to be honest with you, some of the things that I've heard about those, I was like, mm, I don't. Because, like, that's the other thing, too. Don't get me wrong. It is easy money. And um, if you, for example, you have a business, you have a podcast, like, this is work. You do have to, like, put hours into, like, running this and right. editing and all that stuff. So it is a job. But you can go for a quick four hours and make 400 bucks and then, you know, right. quick little easy Friday night. So it, it it is nice in a sense, but... It's very taxing though it as is. well. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting about atmosphere modeling is, I won't sugarcoat it, it's not... Um, dancing it's not no. escorting no. It, it's none of that because i know a lot of people assume yeah, so for sure it is on a gray line yeah i mean none of that is happening but it is on a gray line in the sense of you are being paid to go party with people yeah if a client is hiring you and you never know the client so you're yeah. meeting them right then and there and you do meet a lot of unique individuals Yes. And, and you they really- don't, I think, understand what we are either sometimes. Correct. So that leads them to feel like, ooh, well, if 
they're being paid to be here. How much can I get out of it? Right. Because I've gotten, you know, asked, hey, come back to my room and would you sleep with me? And I'm like, that's, we're not hookers. Like, I'm always very adamant about that, but I also know that there are people who do cross that line. Right. Because they're hustling. I don't know. No, absolutely. I mean, get your money however you want. Right. I think that also in the case of becoming a part of an atmosphere modeling agency a lot of you have to have thick skin and oh, you yeah. have you have to be able to stand up for yourself yeah. and be very stern on your boundaries because yeah. as you just said there are a lot of people that hire on atmosphere models mm-hmm. and they aren't 100 percent sure about the experience that they're going to get they will yeah. test boundaries and i've seen many girls who are new at it who aren't fully they don't fully understand themselves yet and they aren't 100 percent cool with who they are and they can be very stern about that yeah and i've seen a lot of interesting like situations or conversations where i've even stepped in for people and said hey if you're not cool with that yeah open your mouth and say something you never have to do something you don't want to do yeah i think a lot of girls too get caught up in like the whole it's a party, like, we're just, here, like, you know, that it yeah. it distorts their reality anyway. But, yeah, it is a fine line between what is escorting, so to speak, and then what is just, like, being there to, like, be fun and look right. nice. I think it's also very interesting because a lot of the atmosphere models are locals and yeah. people who were born and raised here. Yeah. And I sometimes try to imagine what it is like to as a woman to grow up here and have this have these opportunities but yeah. also grow up in such a party scene. Because at the end of the day, we all go through our party era yeah to say for sure and going out to 4 30 a.m oh you i didn't know. come home till 10 <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> the sun was coming up i was in my early 20s and yeah i would be like it's well i guess you i guess you did grow up here in a sense because you how old were you when you moved here 24 so you're like right on the cusp of like 3 24 i can't remember but yeah like earlier 20s did you party hard when you first came here but you were also dancing so much. No. So when I first moved here, it was just me and my best friend from back home. And I didn't have any friends. Like, we didn't know how to meet friends, I remember. Uh, we were like, how do we meet girls? Do we, like, go to a bar? And then we're like, listen to us. We sound like like losers. Right. Like, we can't go pick up girls at a bar. Who are we? Right. So we, we would go out, but it was very, like, here and there. Mm. It wasn't... I mean, we would go out a lot more, like, when we had a chance to, the way our schedules worked. Like, if we could go out, we were going out. Mm. But then when we went out, we partied hard. Like, we would drink hard. We would, you know, sometimes get roped up into going to Dre's afters hours, and then we'd be there till 11 a.m. So, like, I remember being like, this is so weird. And my mom's calling me the next morning. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, coming home from the club. And she's like, what the heck? I'm just like at lunch. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah, it was good, the good old days. But yeah, so it's very interesting having the club, growing up and experiencing the club, especially free bottles. And a lot of that is so glamorous. Oh, yeah. 
So it is. But also too, when you're an attractive girl, they they literally almost like throw you into it. Like, ladies, come come with me. That is true. And they'll just take you right to a table, and then they're handing you drinks. And as soon as you take two sips of champagne, they pour more. Right. So. They know what they're doing. Right. I think that's also why atmosphere modeling is so popular here because of the constant glamorize. This place is popping. This place is amazing. Mm -hmm. We have the most beautiful women. Mm -hmm. Gotta take advantage of it. But also at the same time, there are perks to it in the sense that um, Post Malone was just at Zook. Mm -hmm. You couldn't get, like the tables that were on the floor were going for like tens of thousands of dollars. Like it was ridiculous how much those tables were. But I was at one. And I watched him, and I love him, and it was such a great night because we were right. That is true. In the mist, we do get to have amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Very grateful. For like that. we got to pay. We every time DJ Snake would come, we would get paid to be on stage with DJ Snake. Like some people would kill to do that, right. and we're there. Like, what time is it? When are we out of here? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right, right. So there are good perks to it, and I would say probably the other perk. Besides, like, meeting people and making friends. Because mm-hmm. a lot of girls' friends that I have now are through... Same. You know, agencies. But networking. I've met some really nice business-oriented people mm-hmm. who, you know, you could call and be like, hey, you know, I'm starting a business. What do you think about this? Like, how should I do this? Like, right. is this even, you know, viable to do? And they're like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a Terry. I'm Ann Terry. Have you hit him up since then? No. Oh. I mean, he lives in Arizona. What am I going to say? I know. I'd be curious on to see how like a follow-up would go. Yeah. I'm. This is the thing, though. I feel like those type of people, if they were in town, would be like, hey, if you're in town, like, come meet us out. Like, have a mm. drink. Like, meet my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you never know. But I've met a lot of good contacts, even just like through event planning with like atmosphere you know like i've gotten job offers for dope companies to like go do stuff that i actually want to do that i'm seriously considering doing Mm -hmm. so there are good perks with networking absolutely in the atmosphere world for sure right and then also what's cool is because with atmosphere modeling another i would say subcategory of it is promotional modeling Mm -hmm. which is where you're doing conventions and trade shows yeah and those are always I personally like those a lot. Same. It's very taxing on your body. It's a long day. Right. But you, but because it's not in a party sense, I feel mm-hmm. that it can be better for yes. networking. Yes. Agreed. And the hours are better because you're going from probably like Daytime. 10. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm always like, oh, this is like a normal day. Like this is easier to do. And the good thing about those is usually it's like a two for even sometimes like a week type thing Mm -hmm. where like you're gonna make 600 bucks a day Mm -hmm. to basically just stand there and look pretty and like you said network so yeah those are really nice those are literally my favorite because i'm always trying to get close with the owner and be like so how'd you build this business yeah so what's your logistics like yeah (laughs) but that's what i mean like those type of people like they want to talk shop so then you're that is true you're growing from that as well because you're learning and Mm -hmm. if you're interested in starting your own business it's pretty nice what's the craziest experience that you've had if you can Mm. think off the top of your head there are a few but i'm actually (laughs) not allowed to talk about them because i've had to sign 
NDAs. Oh my god. But those are always the craziest ones because those are the ones where they're making you sign an NDA right. for a reason. Right. Um I don't know. I would have to think because Actually, I could tell this one because I don't think I signed an NDA for this. We were at a it was a bachelor or no, a bachelor, a bachelor party. And there were quite a few girls working that I was friends with. And then there was a lot of girls that I didn't know. And all the guys were there. And one of them kind of looked like a jacked up. I don't know what I want to say. Like the the bad version of Jack Harlow. Like he just looked like a rundown older Jack Harlow. Okay. And I remember I was like so annoyed with everybody. And I was also annoyed because I wasn't told what kind of party it was. So when I like initially applied for it and got accepted to, you know, do it, I'm like, I don't like doing bachelor parties because uh, yeah. sometimes they're there and they're the ones that will cross the line sometimes to be like, oh, well. We had the craziest weekend. Yeah. Why don't you take your top off? And it's like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. Like, no. So they were there. They were like already fucked up from the pool. But this guy had like nonstop been going. So he was just like too much already. And I was annoyed with a lot of things. So me and my friend took an edible. And we were, I turned into like the funniest person when I'm on edibles. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I, I don't know why. They just make my body feel so good that I'm just like a riot. And you can be out and about when you're on an edible. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. So I took an edible with Riley. I don't think I've ever taken an edible and like gone out. Oh, my God. I should try it. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't do like um indica because usually indica I'm like, I gotta lay down. I I need a it's nap time. Yeah, I just wanna lay down and watch nothing, just just stare at it. Right, but right. if I take a sativa, I'll like organize my whole closet oh, and wait. like rearrange my whole house and be like Oh, oh come on. So take yes. one and come on over. <laughs> I would. I love that <laughs> shit, but um yeah so we're at this event and i was like i'm gonna take an edible because i'm not gonna be able to get through this so this one guy was just being the most he was on the platform dancing with like the Mm go-go's for probably a good like hour and a half and at one point the guy who was like the main guy of the party was so like awful like, he was like, hey, we're going to have a tour contest, and you're going to be in it. And I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to do anything I don't want to do, but thank you. Like, you, I'm sorry. Are you my daddy? I don't think so. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so just stuff like that. But they were like, hey, the strippers are coming in. They gave all of us ones. Uh-huh. And they were like, go sit down, and you guys are going to, like – be part of the show right so me and my friends are sitting on one couch and as i'm and like watching this happen so much shit is happening at one time there's a couple who are watching the stripper basically like manhandle this bachelor who seemed extremely uncomfortable Like, they ended up taking his pants off, so he was just in his boxers, and he was, like, trying to, like, stop them from taking their pants off, and his friends were like, no, 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 and, like, taking his pants off with them. Oh, no. So it was just weird. The couple is getting it on in the corner. Oh, of course. And then the 
guys dancing on the go-go booth and i'm just like i cannot believe this is my life right now what and then we're like okay sweet we only have like a half hour they extend us for an hour so and our boss was like you're someone was like i can't stay and he's like it's not we're not asking you like you're staying and i was like first of all this feels wrong but okay right I didn't have anywhere to be, so I was like, it's fine, but this is torture. So then the guy's up there dancing, and I just like look at him, and I'm like, you don't have to do this. We're not paying you. And he was like, and he had like balloons. He was dancing. Everyone was laughing. Some guy was dancing. I was like, why is he giving me Squidward vibes right now? Like, <laughs> what is happening right now? So we're all sitting on the couch. We run out of ones. We're all kind of probably sitting there with like faces on. At least mine was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And the main guy says, look at those girls. Like, So they get on the microphone. They're like, you guys with the sour pusses on, get up. It's a party. So I'm like, you guys told us to sit here. Like, we're doing what you told us to. It, it was awful. And then at the end of the night, they, they also, uh, it was just a lot, honestly. They, like, weren't happy with anything that we were doing. Of course. So they're like, you're outside. You should be inside. And I was like, I'm hanging out with this guy. Because he was, like, the only one that was, like, semi-normal. So I was like, I'm hanging out with this guy. Like, what do you want me to do? And they're like, well, you should be up and, like, moving around. I'm like, well, you should be doing your something else. Mm. And then a lot of, like, do you want to, what do you need? Do you need a bump to, like, be cool? And I'm like, <gasps> Oh, that's a word. No, and I don't trust you, so right. goodbye. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, probably... Oh, atmosphere modeling? <laughs> oh, atmosphere modeling. You should join. <laughs> yeah, sign up. It's the best. But there are also, like, really, really awesome gigs where... I like when you're working for the actual company, like, for the yeah. restaurant. Those are my favorite, because I know you know. <laughs> Those are probably my favorite as well. We get to be a little foodie, and mm-hmm. it's literally just chilling, relaxing. And then the ones where it's for the club. Yeah. When I have the Same. motivation where I can get myself together to actually go out and be out that late. That Those are, too, yeah. Those are fun, because it's just us and a bunch of girls. Yeah. And it's also, like, we know what we're there for we're there to just be there have fun enjoy like it's ladies it's like free ladies night really it is my favorite that's yeah but definitely the food ones are my favorite i know we need to do another comp for sure that's another that's another perk the comp dinners that's (laughs) that's why i really gotta do it (laughs) (laughs) i know vegas is so cool because there's so many different things to do people to meet yeah events going on yeah. but then also it is so heavily industry life oh god yeah and that, that to me is so soul-sucking like i talked to half of those people and i'm like yeah you probably make great money but you hate your life but the thing is they don't i don't think they actually do think that they hate their lives i think they think that their lives are great i've met a couple where i'm just like you're you're living in this fantasy and you think it's going to go on forever and I feel bad for yeah. when it finally comes crashing down in a certain sense or like when it comes to an end because you are not going to know so much about yourself and yeah. where to go next and how yeah. to navigate that. Yeah. I feel like that's Vegas though also. That's Vegas true. is like the black hole. Like for example, I told you I moved away. I came back. Where did you move away to? Um, I was traveling all oh, over. Oh, okay bunch of different places but when i came back the main reason why i came back is i was like this i already set up like 
a good foundation for myself here. Like mm. I knew a lot of people. I knew if I wanted to get back into shows and dancing, like I could. So it, and I had a lot of friends here. So it was like, I already have like a life set up there that I could literally jump right back into. Mm-hmm. So that's initially why I came back. But then ever since then, I'm like, the dating sucks here. Everyone talks about that. And I'm just very fortunate I don't have to deal with any of yeah, that. But you are. <laughs> Let me tell you. it's. I always joke that it's a puddle because it's not a pool. It's I mean, a little fucking puddle and it's a dirty puddle. We, we we have a friend or a mutual friend who always talks about the dating and she always states how there is such beautiful women here, which there truly is. Every woman that you see, yeah. drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then these below average looking males who most of them are hosts. <laughs> In short. That and <laughs> they treat women horribly or they yeah. treat a lot of girls bad because... It, it reminds me kind of of social media. They just constantly have women hitting them up to get them in and so that they think that they can, they're all this like, their ego is so stretched yeah. and so big and I am this king. And it's so interesting because why would you not want to keep a well-rounded, beautiful woman? Yeah. Just toss that away. That's a good question. I was actually asking my friend this the other day because I was like, he was basically talking about being in a relationship and mm-hmm. how it's so hard and how like it never really goes the way it wants it to or he wants it to or when he starts it, he thinks it's going to be a certain way and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, what are the type of women that you're dating though? Let's be real. Like I'm not trying to be, you know, a dick, but mm-hmm. you're literally dating young girls who are cocktail waitresses who are gorgeous, but like they don't really want to be in a relationship with you either. Mm -hmm. So if you're constantly going down that road and looking for different results, you're nuts. But then I was like, do you actually want to be in a relationship? And he was like, "Ah, I mean, yeah, I do, but I like my space. Uh, See, I like my independence. And I'm like, so you don't. Then you don't. And it's okay. That's the problem with dating nowadays is that everyone wants – the benefits of being in a relationship, but they yeah. also want all the benefits of being single. Yeah, They want their cake and they want to eat it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also, I mean, I don't know much about this dating here, but a lot of people when it comes to relationships, they're always, I want X, Y, Z. I want someone who's emotionally intelligent. I want someone who takes care of themselves. I want someone who makes money. I want someone, you know, add on to the list. Mm-hmm. But then they don't turn it around and think, oh, do I ha- even have those qualities myself? Because oh, at the end not. of the day, yeah. you can't attract someone mm-hmm. with a bunch of qualities you don't have. You right. attract what you are. Right. And I don't know why, but men get so fucking butthurt when you say, like, I'm not dating right now. Ugh. What is it? Because that, so for the last probably, like, I want to say six, maybe five, six months, I'm like, I don't have time, first of all. And the little time that I do have, I want for myself. As you should. Because I need me time and I appreciate my space so much more than I ever have before because I don't have a lot of it. I love that. So when a guy comes up to me and they're like, yo, let me take you out, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, sorry, I'm not dating. Like I'm not into it. I just don't have time. It's almost like a, a threat, 
I think they'd probably also see it as a challenge. That too, for sure. But it's almost like, how dare you? Like, tell Do me. you not know me? That's another thing I see here is all of a sudden when you're not interested or you say an answer that they don't want, mm-hmm. do you not know who I am? Do you not know the people that I know? Do you not know the people I have worked for? Yeah. X, Y, Z. I once had some guy say to me, I know you're saying that to me because you're not interested. So just say you're not interested. And I was like... I'm not interested then. If that's what you need to hear, I'm not interested because I'm legit telling you where I'm at. Mm -hmm. If you can't take that and you're taking it personal, then fine. I'll be the bad guy. I'll fucking tell you I'm not interested. I don't want anything to do with you because that's what you almost want me to say. Mm -hmm. But just would you rather have me say yes and then lead you on and then never follow through and cancel and bail and what ghost you? Like, what do you want me to do? Guys are the same in the sense of they keep trying, trying, trying and you say you're not interested and you basically have to tell them, Hey, I'm taken. Yeah. Oh, I've had to, I just, I don't, I don't understand why you need to tell instead of just saying, Hey, I'm not interested. A lot of them need to hear like, Hey, I have a boyfriend. Yeah. But even if you say that, it's almost like a... Uh, I'm better than him. A top... Yeah. <laughs> this one guy said to me, he's like, man, you are just a vibe. Like, I want to cook for you. And I was like, oh, I'm not... And I could <laughs> tell he wasn't going to buy the, like, I'm not dating concept uh, because, like I said, it hasn't been working. Right. So I was like, look, I'm seeing somebody. It's new, but, you know, I really like him. I want to see where it's there. going. And he there. goes, well... After you hang out with me, you'll be single. Trust me. And I was like, they don't get it. They don't fucking get it. So I was like, well, no, no. I just told you I'm seeing someone. I think I'm in love. But yeah. We're getting married next week, actually. <laughs> I'm actually four months pregnant. Uh, you're like changing your rings. Actually, I am married now. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, gosh. Look over there. Men are such an interesting species to really say are. and i love men i really do but sometimes i'm just like just let us be if we're telling you that we are like and i really don't have time mm-hmm. like i have very little time so unless you're like completely knocking my socks off to the point where i'm like i want to make time to just hang out with you not even sexually or anything like that right i can't what's the longest period you've been single like did you ever go through a really long period of being single or is this new i would say probably a year maybe yeah i want to say it was like close to a year after i got up out of my toxic relationship um i knew i needed to heal before i could even remotely think about being in a relationship and even when i thought i was i remember i signed up for a dating app because my therapist was like, this is the new norm and you should put yourself out there. And I like did everything. And then literally within 20 minutes, my inbox is blowing up and I was getting all these swipes and I was like, I can't handle it. And I I deleted it. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But then like it was close to the one year mark where everyone was like, you should really give it a go. Like try it. So then I did, but I was dating someone right before that, but he was getting ready to move out of the state. And I was like, he's not going to be here. Like, Mm -hmm. 
it's not going to work kind of thing. And I, I think that was also the other thing is I knew it wasn't really going anywhere. So it was just like safe. Like you mm. kind of had somebody you that You knew there was going to be liked, an end. Yeah, like okay. I liked spending time with him and I, I didn't want to rush because I still, in a sense, wasn't really ready. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like it was beneficial to have somebody like literally open every single fucking door for me oh so he was the complete opposite of your ex yeah and he would literally say like what is your schedule like and at the time that was when I was working a lot of jobs and volunteering and I remember being like I don't have a lot of time and he owned like two businesses he had something else he was doing like he was just always busy as well Mm. but he would say okay you're free this day like I would give him a day like I'm only free for two hours on this day and he'd be like okay done I'll see you that day at whatever time and just how he would like change everything to make me a priority really was like helpful in my healing process to be like this This is how I should be treated and this is something that I want but I also like I said I wasn't fully healed so it never really went anywhere but if I were to actually give it a real time frame, I would probably say like I was actually like single, single for a full probably year. Like celibate as well? Mm-hmm. Do you think that, I mean, that's a hard situation because you went through a toxic relationship, so you had to yeah. heal from that. Yeah. But during that time of being single, do you feel that there was a lot of benefits for yourself, including really discovering who you fully are and analyzing your likes, your desires, your wants. I think it was just more so like rediscovering them because I already knew what they were. It's just that they had been so clouded or almost like detached that I needed to just kind of like reconnect to them. Mm -hmm. But I think I definitely healed a lot and learned a lot and, through therapy was one of them to just like kind of understand dynamics of like certain types of relationships and abusive, like doesn't just have to be, they beat you up. Like it also can be an emotional abuse. It can be a verbal abuse, which I didn't understand because I was like, it's not abusive if I'm not being physically Mm. hurt. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that verbal and emotional sometimes is worse i think no, you know right so it was a lot of that type of healing and learning and then like fi- rediscovering my worth because i was a badass like i didn't give a fuck i'd be like fuck you you're, you can't do that bye like see ya like i did not care and then getting in that relationship like all that went out the window i why do you think it went out the window why do you think that he you let him get away with treating you so poorly? I think I was so I think I was so blinded by love like that is a real thing. Like I never realized what that was until like I was actually that person where I was actually like blinded by love. Like I put that person and his needs and his everything really in front of my own. So then mine just became like super distorted because it was whatever was his stuff had to be my stuff. Like, I really had nothing that was my own. To the point where, like, when we would fight, he would manipulate and twist my words and, like, my thoughts almost to the point where I would get so spun out. I'd be like, am I crazy? Like, did I <gasps> no say that? Way. Am I this? Like, does no one love me? Like, he, it was so, yeah, it was bad. How long were you guys together? Uh, five, five and a half years. Oh, shit. 
That was a long time, yeah. So was he manipulative the whole entire time or was it towards the end? Yeah, like when I actually dove into it via therapy, there was the whole um, the whole playbook of just narcissistic, manipulative bullshit, really. But like the love bombing mm. and feeling so loved and understood and like opening up and being vulnerable with somebody to like the kind of isolating you from family and friends and having you become dependent no on them yeah to like the brainwashing and like I remember he told me to my face nobody loves you not even your family I'm the only one who loves you and you're close with your family I'm super close with my family I have four sisters and a brother and I'm super close with my parents. I'm super close with my grandparents. So, like, I knew in my gut, like, as soon as he said it, I was like, he's so wrong. Like, and I remember being like, how could you say that? That's not mm-hmm. true. And he was like, yes, it is. They don't know you like I do. If anything, but, they know you. <laughs> right. And I'd be like, okay. And then I would think to myself, like, how, how could somebody who loves me say that to me? Like... And that's what I mean where it started to be like I wasn't trusting myself anymore. So then I would – that's when it started to be like, uh uh-huh. maybe I am crazy. Maybe no one does love – like it just – yeah. So what was the trigger for you finally to be done and walk away? There there was a few goes. So like we would break up and get back together, break up and get back together. And I don't even remember what time it actually was. But – Whenever we would break up and come back together, he would be on his best behavior. Because For like two weeks. I it would usually be a little bit longer than that, but because each time it would be I was not testing him, but I was testing it to just see, like, is it going to make me feel like that, like, again? Mm-hmm. And then it would. But I think the last time I just knew, like... I don't want to do this anymore. I deserve so much more. He's never going to fucking change. And I, I'm done. But I remember he was on his best behavior and he wanted, he wanted basically to like be together and do whatever. And I was like, no, I don't want that. Like I'd rather us just kind of be friends. And then something happened and he snapped and he said some of the most hurtful things that you, someone could ever say to another person. And that's when I just was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Like, this, after all this time, this is how you're going to talk to me. This is how you're going to treat me. Like, I'm good. And then it was the wow. same song and dance of, like, I just, I was upset. or I, And it was like, yeah. But I was already, like, done in my heart kind right, of sense right. where... It's that saying where, like, if you hold on to something, it hurts you in the longer run because you're just holding it. Like, sometimes it's better to just, like, let go. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still going to hurt, but there's not the after. You don't have the scarring from just, like, holding on to something and letting it, like, eat you up and right. murder you. Damn, that's why. Well, I, I dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that, like, there's a huge applause for you being able to finally walk away from the situation because oh, yeah. I talk to a lot of women who constantly, they stay in the relationship or they go find literally the same exact thing. So the fact yeah. that 
you were able to walk away and know your worth and know that this is not right. Yeah. And then that you took, you've taken the time to heal, to get a therapist in order to, you know, have that bird's eye perspective upon your life. So that's the sad part too, is like, after you've been through it and you can like spot it and be like, Oh, she's, she's where I was. Ooh, how, it, what an interesting perspective. Because I, I personally have never been in an abusive relationship, verbal, nonverbal. But that is an interesting perspective of since you were there, yeah. you can easily probably yeah. see it oh, yeah. in other relationships. Mm-hmm. But you can't do anything about it, really. All you can do is be supportive. Because I had friends who later on had told me, like, I was on the brink of being done with you. Because it was just so draining and I couldn't watch you like do that to yourself anymore. That's so true. Where I had no idea. Right. Because that, it's so true. When you're in it, you don't see it. Obviously, then if you're out of it, you see a whole different perspective. Oh, yeah. But also in the sense of you can't tell someone, dude, this is what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of that situation. Like mm-hmm. you deserve so much more. Because when you're in it and you're like, no, but this is the love of my life. Maybe I'm supposed to get married. You just make excuses. Mm -hmm. So they would, they would come to me and be like, well, why this? Why that? How, how, what? And I'd be like, you guys just don't understand. But like, really they did. It was just me making an excuse. And you not understanding. Exactly. Part of it was exactly that, which was I needed it to be that narrative so that I could be okay. Because I already knew in my gut it was not okay, but I was so stuck in a sense because I was so in love and also I didn't know how to get out of it because then on the, at that point I was like dependent on right. him as well. I was about to say it becomes what you know. Right. And then I remember when it did end, I said to my mom, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know where to go from here. I had like no money because I had like drained my bank account for him. And then when it was like, Oh, shit. Really? For him? Oh, yeah. Then when it was done, I was kind of left with nothing. And I remember just being like, I am literally starting over with nothing. Like, I don't know how to do this. And I remember my mom just being like, this can either be a negative if you view it negatively and you can be like, oh, woe is me. Or it can be a positive because how many people get to start over and start fresh and be like, I finally get to do something for myself. I can start pursuing something, you know, that maybe I've never pursued before, something that I want to actually do that's going to make me happy. So then it was that whole shift of like, okay. And I remember being like, what do I want out of life? I just want to be fucking happy. Mm. Mm. How do I get there? Okay. I need to be active. So I need to start working out. And I set a goal for myself because I had let myself go a little bit because I was just not myself. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, I need to get a diet and exercise thing going so that I have that. And then that's part of like discipline and consistency as well. Mm -hmm. I need to be, I want to be happy financially. So I need to have a job where I'm like fulfilled and also fulfilled financially. And I'm not living, you know, paycheck to paycheck or just having the stress of struggling. Mm -hmm. I want to be happy emotionally okay, I need a little help. Let's go to therapy. So then I just kind of like built basically a little format routine for me to get back on track to, and like I said, that also led to me being able to explore photography and content creating and eventually, and I always, this is so funny. I always wanted to do a podcast and I always said it for years, but I just never knew it was like, 
possible until I legit this year was like, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. Mm-hmm. So always trust your gut. That's my mom's famous line. And it's so true because there was a time where I didn't. And then coming back to it, I was like, I, if I could do that for him, like help him build an empire and I could help other people do that, why the fuck can't I do it for myself? Oh, I totally tell you on that. So then once you're rewired to be like, I'm a badass bitch, like I can get shit done. I can do this for myself. You're Gucci. Oh, that's that's really amazing that you were able to take a step back. This is where we're starting and really think about all the categories of your life and make a plan of action. Because I do feel that many people fail in that sense mm-hmm. and they think, I want to get to destination X, but they don't backwards engineer it. And I myself have even failed at it a couple times because I just think of the goal I want, but I don't make it smaller into actionable steps to get to that goal. Yeah. And even today, I still am practicing that. So that's a really... That's something I feel like, though, is a everyday thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's why people do the words of affirmation where they wake up every day and they say, like, I am... I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I'm great, I'm whatever, because it is a mindset of just putting yourself, like, it doesn't even, I didn't even care what I was going to be doing as a job. I didn't care, like, what, that's why, another thing, like, I wanted to give back. That's why I started volunteering, Mm -hmm. because I would leave that hospital almost every day that I went on the verge of tears or crying, because I would just see, like, families going through something and it would make me grateful that like my family was okay Mm. and then I would also just see how families would be you know so I don't want to say like broken but in a sense just like broken Mm -hmm. because their kid is going through something or and I worked with a lot of oncology like in the oncology department so a lot of kids who had cancer and um, were kind of like living there and I would become friends with them like they were my buddies. So mm-hmm. just to like see that and be like, I complain about stupid fucking shit when there's so much bigger things going on in the world. Like there's a six year old girl who is fighting for her life every single fucking day. And I'm crying about like a boy or a girl or a problem that's so right. stupid. Like so there was a lot of things, but it is definitely like a mental mindset of just being like. I just want to be happy because that's at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing or how much money you're making. If you're a good fucking person and you're happy and you're bringing joy to other people's lives, just from leading by example and being a good person, you're spot on in my point. Absolutely. I think that when, when you master yourself and you master yourself (laughs) and and mastering like you being happy and finding what does make you happy everything else aligns and comes in when the timing is right yeah for sure but also like if you're putting out positive you're gonna get positive if you're putting out negative you're gonna get negative so it is just like you said if you're being a good person everything falls into place when Mm -hmm. you're on your grind and you're just like i feel good because i'm doing everything in my power to keep myself good and happy and everything just kind of falls into place. It really yeah. does. You've said such good reminders. Even for myself, I've needed some of the things you said. I'm like, ah, 
I gotta remember that. I think especially. I need to remind myself <laughs> sometimes too. Even even the fact of you mentioning about the hospital. One thing I truly want to get back into is volunteering. I think that it does a lot for really our soul, mm-hmm. and I really would love to get into that. But something that you mentioned is just you realize. Obviously, you don't want to see those people in the in that situation, yeah. but it does remind you of how grateful your current life is, and that's something that I make it a point every single day. I think about mm-hmm. three things I'm grateful for and one of like my biggest ones is me having somewhere that I live that's my safe haven Mm -hmm. that keeps me protective and then a lot of the times it's all about my health because if when it comes down to your health a lot of people on their deathbed that's the one wish that they have and I've read that so many times in like entrepreneur books Mm -hmm. um, and many other people talk if you don't have your health on point Everything else is not going yeah. to be fulfilled. Because it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Like, you do feel better when you're working out. You do feel better when... And it's not just because, like, your body looks good. It's because, yes, it builds endorphins, but also it's like you're challenging yourself. You're meeting goals. You're being consistent. You have discipline. Like, you have a routine. Like, so many of those things are so beneficial. It just all relates but together. But it's being lazy or not motivated or... Being stuck is honestly probably one of the big things of like, I even go through that now Mm -hmm. where like I'll feel stuck and I don't have motivation. I don't want to go do the things that I know are going to benefit me because I'm just like, "Eh." yeah, want to be a baby and I don't want to do anything. Right, right. It's true. You've said so many good nuggets. I really appreciate it. But I do have one last question for you. Okay. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think part of it would be always listen to your gut. Because if you know who you are, it doesn't matter what anyone fucking says. Because people are going to talk shit no matter what. So stick to your guns. Do what you want to do. Do something that fills you. Find what makes you happy and try to make that what you can do for the rest of your life and try to always be nice to people. My mom has always said this, (laughs) but always be kind to people. You never know what people are going through. You never know. Like even if you have a server who's an asshole and they're not being attentive or you don't know what she's going through or he's going through, like you never know. Just be a respectful person. And also I would say don't put all your eggs in one basket because I did that twice, once with a relationship and once with dance. And I feel like it's good to have a passion. It's good to have drive to want to do something. But it's also healthy to have other things to just like mm-hmm. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And love and enjoy. No, I think that's great. I think that's really good. Well, thank I think you. That was good, right? No, I think it was absolutely no, no, no. I, like I said, you've said so many nuggets this whole entire time. I'm like, all oh, these are so good, so good. No, I've loved all of it. So, Renelle herself has an amazing podcast. It is called Friends with Benefits. Yes. So, explain where people can find you. A little bit about your podcast. Yeah. So, if you check out my personal um, Instagram, it's rrbak22. I always post about it. And then our actual podcast is Friends W Benefits Pod LV. It's kind of long, but 
we were struggling to <laughs> get a domain. So, um, but yeah, you can go on there. We'll, we have all the links in the bio and everything. And we just talk a lot of girl talk. We've even had Jen John to mm-hmm. talk about butt stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a really fun podcast, but I will have everything linked down below in the descriptions wherever you can find links they will be there i promise but again thank you so much for coming on my podcast it's been such a good conversation oh okay Okay. (laughs) gingy out